0: Good morning! Supervisors have taken the first vote on next year's budget, which means they've taken their first vote on next year's real estate tax rate. And despite a difficult budget year with a lot of big expenses, and despite facing a funding shortfall for some of their priorities, they're starting with a lower tax rate. For Monday, October 23rd, it's your Loudon Now Morning Minute. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rens Green. Well, it's early yet to be talking about a specific tax rate for next year's budget, but the Board of Supervisors has given County Administrator Tim Hemstreet a target for writing the first draft of next year's budget. Every year, the county administrator prepares a proposed budget, which the Board of Supervisors then adds to or chips away at to their liking. Before he writes that first draft, the board gives the county administrator a real estate tax rate to shoot for, which basically tells him how much money he has to work with. Often they'll instruct him to prepare a budget at the current year's tax rate with options to cut to the equalized tax rate, which is the rate at which the average property owner would pay the same dollar amount in taxes despite rising property values and inflation and so on. This year they flipped that around and instructed Mr. Hemstreet to prepare a budget at the projected equalized tax rate with options to increase the budget to the current tax rate. This year's tax rate is $1. $12.5 cents per $100 of assessed value. The projected equalized rate right now is a penny and a half lower, $1.11. Even at the current tax rate, the county is facing a projected shortfall of nearly $95 million to meet what it needs to pay for employee raises, growth in county departments, the first year of fixing the county's classification and compensation system, which is, say, pay scales, and an expected $100 million increase in the funding request from the school system. At the equalized rate, the county is projected to fall short $107 million. Those preliminary projections are intentionally conservative, but Mr. Hemstreet says it's a big enough gap that the county is unlikely to close it between now and when the board debates next year's budget in March. That means either a lot will have to be added back in or some of that won't make the cut. This year, the county government's facing a lot of big expenses, like a study that shows county employees are paid much less than in other northern Virginia jurisdictions, the job of shifting the government to more reliable cloud computing, staffing up the fire rescue department to modern standards, and of course, eventually, the oncoming costs of Metro. The board arrived at these instructions from Mr. Hemstreet after competing motions to go higher and lower. Chair Phyllis Randall offered a motion to start at $1.13 with options to cut the tax rate to $1.11. That was supported by the board's other two Democrats. Supervisor Ron Meyer offered a motion to start at the equalized rate with options to go a penny lower than that. That one got strong reactions from two other Republicans. Supervisor Matt Letourneau, the chair of the Finance Committee, said that's ridiculous and the county couldn't do that without gutting everything. Supervisor Ralph Bona called it political pandering. With both of those motions dead, the board considered the usual boilerplate, which was to start at this year's tax rate with options to cut to the equalized rate. Supervisor Gary Higgins offered the successful motion to reverse that. Mr. Hemstreet will draft a fiscal year 2019 budget, which he'll present to the board in February. They'll deliberate in March, and that budget year officially begins in July. Go to loudonnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story. In other news, you may recall hearing that last week, Briarwoods High School turned their volleyball game into a fundraiser for the Kaplan family, whose mother, Erin, was killed in an accident on Evergreen Mills Road. Well, the fans packed the stands. The school donated all the money from admissions and from a t-shirt they were selling to the family, and in all, they raised more than $4,300. 17-year-old Ben Kaplan, a Briarwood senior, and his two younger sisters were injured in the crash. Ben is still in treatment at a Nova Fairfax hospital, but he watched the game on Facebook Live. His sisters, 11-year-old Sophia and 13-year-old Emma, watched the game from the sidelines with their father, Farron Kaplan. Briarwoods science teacher Josh Mosser, who taught Ben in his AP environmental science class, said he's been in touch almost daily since the crash. He said just a few weeks ago, Ben could only communicate by writing on a tablet, but now he can talk. He's also standing up and making progress every day with physical therapy. And he told Mr. Mosser that he wants to graduate at the end of the year with the rest of his class. The Briarwoods Falcons won, by the way, three sets to two against the Potomac Falls Panthers. Leesburg is one step closer to officially letting food trucks into town If you've been eating at food trucks in town and you're just now hearing the news This could be understandably confusing Technically right now food trucks are not allowed in town It's a zoning violation Although of course they've been popping up at breweries and so on Anyway, town staff have said they would hold off on handing out fines Until the town finishes writing new rules On Thursday night, the Leesburg Planning Commission unanimously endorsed a set of changes to the Town Zoning Ordinance that would allow food trucks on streets in commercial and industrial areas, and even on private property downtown. The Town Council started this process in May uh, with the idea of letting businesses in office and industrial parks host food trucks. Last month, the Council voted to expand that to other business districts, mostly so it would include the breweries downtown. Leesburg's new ordinance, modeled after Alexandra's, would allow mobile food units as temporary uses. That includes food trucks, food trailers, and push carts. Operators would need annual permits from the town and could set up between 7 a.m. and 8 p.m. in specific locations on specific streets listed in the ordinance. They can't operate for more than four hours continuously, they can't do drive throughs and they can't play music. And plans for another mixed-use community in Leesburg's Crescent District came one step closer to reality on Thursday. The Planning Commission endorsed Andre Inc.'s 59-townhouse project called The Brickyard. Located on eight acres behind the Leesburg Plaza Shopping Center east of Catoctin Circle, the project also includes 20 live-work units with office space on the ground floor. The town council is expected to look at the application in December. Get the full story on all these stories over at loudonnow.com, including our write-up on on the second and final debate between Attorney General Mark Herring and his challenger, John Adams. The two met at a debate organized by the Loudoun County Chamber of Commerce at the National Conference Center. Each argued the other was putting personal politics ahead of the job of the state's top attorney. As I said, it's all at loudounnow.com. On today's calendar, there's an open mic tonight at Cascades Overlook Town Center on the plaza. Sound system provided, all instruments welcome, bands welcome. Go on out and hear some jams, or if you're feeling so inclined, play some. It's from 6 to 9 p.m. Get the details on this event and check out the rest of the event's calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and it'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, have a great day.